Oh, yeah. Can we give God a shout of praise in the house tonight? <laughs> praise Jesus. You may be seated. Good to see each and every one of you. Let me ask you a question. Who hasn't heard uh, John and Meliana? Raise your hand. Really high. Uh oh, praise Jesus. Most of you have. Praise God. Well, thank you. Well, I hope I hope you'll love us after today. You know, after tonight. But no, we're we're just honored to be here. Thank you, Pastor Rich. Thank you, Pastor Lynn and Renee. We're all on it. Honestly, we just it is a joy every time we come. I um, want to let you know, though, we we were in twelve straight days of meetings. <laughs> Uh, we were in Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky, and revival broke out, <laughs> and uh, and then then we did we how many extra meetings we did five extra meetings or something like that. But anyway, I lost count. They all ran into each other. But what had happened was um, like in this culture here, the prophetic is part of the culture. But as you travel all over the United States, you realize it's not that way. And, and what happened was we went into an area where, where a very uh, sensationist means they don't believe in the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. And they believe in pastor, but that's it. Come on. And they believe the, the prophets are dead and the apostles are dead and they don't exist today and the gifts of the spirit don't happen. So we went in an area where predominantly it's a cultural stronghold. And we watched that stronghold come down this past week and a half. And it was the joy of seeing that those things happen. And so tonight I'm going to share a wonderful word. We're going to minister to people. But before I do that, I want to introduce my beautiful wife, Meliana. Give her a hand as she comes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Again, it's such a joy, such a privilege for us to be here. Love you guys. <laughs> and um, uh, I, yeah, when he was talking about the area that we were, I tell you what, I was just so shocked and amazed what the Lord had done in their lives. So we left there, that area. Actually, we were in eastern Kentucky. And we went and, and down to about five hours away still in Kentucky and minister over there. And 16 people showed up in a bus. They drove five hours from where we were last weekend to come down and hear the message, preaching of God's word again when we were, the town uh, called Northernville, that's where we were. But I was so shocked to see them, the hunger that they have in their heart. And guess what? Right after service that night, and they came, we went in a, they have a huge uh, green room, so we went over, they, they were invited to come and join us, have dinner, and then fight. Then they drove back the same night. So they left, I think, like 12 or 12. 10 hours. Yeah, 10 hours round trip just to be in the presence of God. That is hunger, amen? <laughs> I haven't I mean, I haven't seen those kind of hunger in a long time, but I believe that you are hungry. That's why I believe that many of us have seen that being here, I think, second or third year. So it's so good 
to see you all being back here again. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I just want to remind you guys we have some resources back on the table over there. I grab a couple here to give away. Uh, this is uh, hearing the voice of God. We have uh, so many CDs over there, but I grabbed this one because I know we're talking about uh, prophetic and how important it is for you and I to hear the voice of God. Amen? Amen. I'll give you a, a, a funny, a quick story. Uh, last weekend, actually it was the whole week, my grandchildren, we were not expecting that the revival break out where we were in Kentucky. But they wanted to come with us. We were in California and we were face, uh, the week before, we were FaceTiming our grandkids. And my eight-year-old grandson said, Grandma, when are you going to pick us up? And I said, <laughs> I said, Zeke, his name is Ezekiel. I said, Zeke, we are in California, we are ministering. And he said, Grandma, but we are on our fall break. When are you going to pick us up? <laughs> he have two other sisters. Ezekiel is eight, and his sister is 10, Noelani, and his older sister is 12, Keala. And I tell you what, that little request grip my heart, you know? When he said, and guess what? I sat there and looked at my ticket and changed my ticket right there. <laughs> I have to fly out the next day. But I, st I sat there and changed a whole ticket to fly over there and see the kids. Now, now I just gotta say this. Okay. <laughs> I just gotta say this. Cause something just hit me in the Holy Ghost. How many know when you love somebody, you'll change your plans? You'll change your plan. You're, and it, you don't look at how much it's going to cost no, you. Because, because the relationship is more important than the money. Yes. Because the connection with that, I just thought I'd throw that No, in. that was very good. Yeah, yeah. That was very good. But that's true, you know. When you love somebody, you'll do whatever it takes to be with yeah. that person. Let me tell you what. God is looking for that kind of love. Yes, right. When we are so in love with God, all you have to say, like what my little grandson said, God, when are you going to show up? <laughs> when, are you gonna, when are you going to show up in my situation? I've been waiting. I heard what you can do. I heard you can do miracles. When are you going to do it? <laughs> so anyway, so I sat there. That was our last night. I went to fly out the next day. I sat there and changed my flight. Yes, it cost me a lot more because it's the next day. So, yes, we flew there, and we were supposed to only see them. And when we arrived to see them, same question. Grandma, are you taking us? Are you taking us? And I tell you what, again, it just gripped my heart again, you know. So I look at John. I said, honey, Let's see what we can do. So we talked to his parents, and his parents said, yeah, it's up to you guys if you guys want to take them. So we unload some of our luggage at their house and loaded the three kids to go with us for three days. And guess what? That three days turned into 12 days. <laughs> because the revival broke out, you know? We were not planning to be there that long. But I tell you what, the hotel, it was not a big town, it was a small town, and they don't have a hotel, they have a big uh, suite. 
So the room, it, it have only two full-size beds in a couch. So all five of us squeeze in that little room for 12 days. <laughs> so anyway, but I tell you what, what is so amazing that I, I mean, what I have was so blessed when the grandkids was with me, it was really blessing my heart because, because every night they were on the front row listening to their grandpa, their grandpa preaching. And one of the night, he was preaching, and he mentioned him being in jail. He had been in jail. He was preaching, and he used an example because he was in jail. He may have, I, I believe he shared that story here before. And um, when he said that, our youngest grandson, I mean, he's our youngest, Ezekiel, tapped me on my shoulder and he said, Grandma, Grandma, did Grandpa went to jail? Did Grandpa went to jail? <laughs> and I was, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, John, you have to answer this. How can I answer this? So I tried to figure out what to say to him. Yes, Ezekiel, yes, Grandpa went to jail before. I said, when, 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 you know? Because he was wondering, oh, did it just happen, you know? <laughs> and then I said, Sik, it happened when he was young. And when we get home, I'll explain to you the whole story. I said, OK, Zeke. He said, OK, Grandpa. Then he continued focusing on uh, listening to the preaching that night. So right after that, and then um, uh, after the service, we went home. The next morning, we woke up. We're praying. Uh, just uh, me and the, I think John left with the pastor. But me and the three grandkids, we were praying in the hotel room. And, and then Zeke reminded me the question to give him all the answer. So and at the same time, we were reading a, a verse from Book of Proverbs and then uh, talking about wisdom, how important it is to listen to wisdom. So I used the story again that he shared. And I said, Zeke, see, that's why it's so important for you to listen to wisdom, listen to the word of God, listen to your parents, listen to your grandparents. They will guide you in a way of wisdom so you will not do anything bad. Okay, Zeke? And then I explained to him the reason why Grandpa, you know, he did not listen to the wisdom. <laughs> Before that, he did not know God. He did not know Jesus. But you are blessed because Grandpa and Grandma now, they know Jesus. That's why you are at church. That's why we're teaching you the Bible because we don't want you to go through what Grandpa went through. He said, okay, Zeke, yes, Grandma, thank you. So I explained to him the whole thing. He understand. But before that, I mean, uh, so that afternoon, I think John came and he told the kids, hey, you guys, you guys going to help me prophesy tonight on, on children. Is that, is that okay? You guys going to help me? They all said, yes, yes, especially Ezekiel. Yes, Grandpa, I will prophesy. I'll prophesy tonight. So the service that night was a great night. Right after he preached and he prophesied some people, and he called up the pastor and his wife and their children. They have three, ch uh, three children, uh, two girls and, uh, well, three girls, yeah, four, four kids all together. Three girls and one son. Their son is five years old. So when it's come to their five-year-old son, uh, John grabbed Ezekiel and he said, Zeke, it's your turn 
to, uh, to prophesy over uh, a Levi. His name is Levi. So Ezekiel, can you picture this? He's eight years old. It, yes, yes. He's, Ezekiel is eight years old. Grab the microphone, starting to prophesy on Levi. I wish, oh my God, I wish we could have shared this. I mean, I taped the whole thing. I think it was 15 seconds. So, and this is what he said. Jesus, I thank you for Levi. He's a good boy. He will not do, he will not do drugs. He will not uh, do, uh, drink alcohol. And he will not go to jail like my grandpa. <laughs> because he was shocked. He's wondering, why are we laughing? Why is the whole church laughing? You know, and then he said, amen. And then, and then he handed the phone back to, uh, I mean, the, the microphone back to John. He continued on with praying for other people. But anyway, the, again, the reason why I share with you guys the story because of I was thinking of how important it is for you and I to make sure we spend time with God so we can hear his voice. Yeah, yeah. So we can prophesy what is in his heart. Now, I just shared with you the story about Ezekiel. What did he prophesy? He prophesied what we were talking about in Bible study, and he prophesied what he heard on the night before, right? He heard about him being in jail. He heard me talking to him about listening to wisdom and uh, because that way God will protect him. Listen, that's why, honey, can you hand me my phone because I want to read that scripture. I believe my husband will. Will is probably in my purse. Will probably, uh, if not, you can give me the scripture. Because of how important it is for you and I to spend time with God in yeah. prayer and in his word yes. so we can hear his voice. Amen? Not only for us, but for others so we can speak the mind of Christ for those, for those that God put in our path so we can speak life to them. Amen? Yeah. I, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 22, it says, but if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my word to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. 
Praise God. Amen. Again, if we spend quality time with God, we will receive his counsel so we can speak the right word to people that God sent in our way or even to our family or people that we work with or people that go through a crisis or situation. We can speak life to their situation. Amen. So anyway, and we were, and Zeke, we on our way back to our hotel that night. I kept watching that clip and laugh and laugh and laugh. Ezekiel looked at me and he said, uh, Grandma, I meant to tell Levi the reason why I said that so he does not have to go through what grandpa went through. And I was thinking, my God, that is so cute. That is so cute. So I told him, Levi, I mean, uh, Ezekiel, don't worry about it. Whatever you say, it's good enough. Amen? Amen. Praise God. But can you imagine that was an eight-year-old? did not hesitate to prophesy because he heard what we were talking about. He figured, that's what I'm going to prophesy when I got the opportunity. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Also, I got, uh, here, I want to give this away to somebody. Go for it. Hearing the voice of, anyway, first, uh, first new student. Who is a new, okay, you can get it. God bless you. This is John's third book, latest book. It was written, it's called Awakening the Lion. It was written two years ago, edited uh, last year, finally came out two months ago. I tell you what, for any book that we need for what's going on right now in our, in our world, I wanna suggest you, you need to get a hold of this book because this is a time that we need to wake up Know who you are. Know the authority that you have. Otherwise, you'll be afraid of everything going on, afraid of sickness. Yes, no denying there are sickness around us. There are uh, racism, you know, there are violence surrounding us. But I tell you what, it's about time for you and I to rise up. Amen? Amen. His word says, arise and shine for the glory of God amen, has risen upon you. How can we arise if we are afraid and timid about everything? God wants you to rise up and show the authority that we have, amen? amen. And that is to rebuke darkness. I mean, my daughter-in-law, she is a counselor in Nashville. She came the other night, help us prophesy over people, and I, she was mentioning to me most of the people that she counsel with are people that have been so affected with the lockdown. And I was saying, man, but again, that's why it's so important. Whatever we're facing, know there is always victory. Amen? Amen. I want to give this to somebody. First student, first time student, first time student. Manny. Give it to Manny. Manny in the back. He needs it. God bless you. Give Jesus another hand clap. Hallelujah. How many are ready for the word? Amen. How many are ready for the word? Amen. I did not know that Meliana was going to share that story about Ezekiel. Oh. Not that I mind, but that surprised me because, and um, 
First of all, let me just tell you, um, have you ever been in a service where the joy of the Lord has happened? That's what happened after that. <laughs> the, the joy hit the whole church. And, uh, but, but I believe in training a prophetic generation. And so yesterday, I, um, I was in Kentucky yesterday. And because we had been so busy, uh, a pastor friend of mine and then a member of his church had access to a plane and flew me home to Florida yesterday. And um, we had a great time visiting and things on that plane. It was so nice and refreshing. No TSA, no nothing, you know. It was just wonderful, you know. And, and then, of course, we flew over there. But... Um, why we were flying over over um, Kentucky and Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida as I was beginning to just kind of just unwind and begin to think about what God wanted me to bring to Valley and what God wanted me to bring tonight. There's two words that I heard from God: counsel and impartation. Say counsel, counsel. and impartation. And it's wonderful that we come and learn. It is wonderful that we get educated. It's wonderful that we grow in the knowledge. But impartation is even much greater. Because if I don't get an impartation, then I can impact the next generation. And we're going to look at two different Texas tonight. And I'm hoping that the Lord will allow me to finish it. Usually he doesn't. Because we get caught up... <clears throat> In something, but I want you to turn to Numbers 27. Numbers 27. We're going to begin in verse 15, and I'm going to read out of the NIV 1984 edition. And I say that for a purpose. And um, I want you to track along with me. First of all, you have to understand everybody say this word exit strategy. God always has an exit strategy. And what I mean by an exit strategy is that every one of you in this room is carrying something unique that God has given you. You need to understand that. But what God has given you isn't, doesn't die with you. It has to be passed on to the next generation. Because, because, why? Because God wants to impart what he's given you to the next generation. So it can continue. And with that, Moses is going to go on to be with the Lord. And in this process of going on to be with the Lord, he knows he's run his race. He's run his course. And at this moment, this is what it says in verse 15. I love this. He asked God this question. He asked God this prayer. Moses said to the Lord, may the Lord God who gives breath to all living things appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in so that the Lord's people will be not, be, will be not like sheep without a shepherd. In other words, everybody say the word leadership. leadership. I don't ever want there to be a void of leadership. Because the moment there's a void of leadership, people scatter. 
So God, I mean, so Moses is talking about God because nowadays, sometimes people get appointed by their intellect. They get appointed by their ability to talk instead of by the voice of God. And so what God tells him is God tells him, so the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, and I want to make this, make this statement. This word spirit of leadership is not actually in the original translation. It's actually spirit. The word leadership was added by the translators. So he says, so the Lord said to, to Mo- Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. So in other words, this is what I want you do i want you to get to, to i've selected joshua as your replacement as someone's going to take your mantle but but i say this to say this see ladies you know everybody word prophet, prophet. King. king say this prophet, prophet. Priest. priest king, king. that gifting only was a select you in the word of god Moses operated from prophet, priest, king. David operated from the prophet, priest, king. Samuel operated from prophet, priest, king. And Jesus, our Lord in the New Testament, operated in prophet, priest, king. No other person operated that way. way. So when Moses, when Moses laid his hands on, on Joshua, he did not impart the priest and the prophet to Joshua. He imparted a leadership anointing, a governmental anointing, someone to lead the people militarily. And there was a reason why. Because how many know that sometimes when you think you can do it, you get in trouble? Oh, come on. See, when you think you can do it all, you don't need the counsel. See, when you think you can do it all, you don't think you need to go to the Valley School of Supernatural Ministry. Right. You know what? I, I was so impressed with our brother, two degrees, but yet at the school, me is, is that, you know what? See, we are a body, and I don't get everything. Oh, come on. I don't get everything, but the, with the body, we get an impartation as we come together as the body. Are you hearing me? See, I travel all over the world, and, and, and I notice that I love the different streams in the body of Christ. Come on. But I realize that he who, who walk in the prophetic, I don't have it all. That is why when, I, that's why when we get done on Monday, I'm flying to Tampa because I heard the word impartation a couple of months ago, and I'm going to Rodney Howard Brown's leadership and pastors and leadership conference. Why did I do that? Well, aren't you busy, Brother Harkey? Of course I'm busy. Don't you have places to preach? Absolutely I do. I understand the need for impartation. And the need that he has a different style than me, has a different delivery than me, has a different flow than I do. But I understand something. He has something that I need. Oh, come on. Because sometimes what we can do is we can get into our own circle and miss the beauty of what God has, has in the body of Christ. So what happened when Joshua, his hands were laid on. Again, he, all, he didn't, because I have to read the verse. It, the verse, the way, that, the way that 
it says it, and I'm going to go to my, 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 my note here. Because the way that it said it, it says in verse 18 that, so the Lord said, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man whom the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. But in verse 20, in the New King James, it said, and you shall give some of your authority. That hit me, Pastor Rich. I mean, you would think, you would think that if, if God said, if you, if God said, lay your hands on him, he'd give him all his authority. Why only some? Because you have to understand, there had been a system set up under the leadership of Moses called the priesthood. Are you hearing me? We have something in the body of Christ now called the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. It's for the equipping of the saints of the work of the ministry. So he, gave, he, he didn't give him all his authority, only some. Why? Because he was given instructions by Moses that when he needs guidance, come on, and needs to hear from God, he needed to go to the priest, and, and the priest then would take a Urim and a Thummim, the stone would light up, and that's how Joshua would be led, which means governmental structures were designed by God to be led by the prophetic. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That the church, <laughs> when people need guidance, I go to the house of God. Come on. I, that I, I come here, and even it's not just I come to learn. I come to seek guidance for my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, so because he, God wanted Joshua to stay connected to the priesthood. And because God didn't want Joshua to make decisions based all by himself. Are you hearing me? Because the moment we make decisions by ourselves, we open the door to deception. Then I have to speak into my life because guess I'm the prophet, priest, and king, and nobody can tell me anything. Come on. And that gets people in trouble in leadership. Because it doesn't matter how anointed you are. Because sometimes what will happen is sometimes you can see yourself. You don't want someone less anointed than you to counsel you. Because <laughs> you don't think they have something to impart into your life when they do, when more than likely your eight-year-old grandson has something to impart to your life. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that, but see, see, when I, that's why Joshua was called to take, there was only a portion, portion of his authority. And the other thing is that intimacy can't be imparted. Say it again. Intimacy cannot be imparted. God said that, he, that there was no prophet like Moses face to face no one like him but yet but but Joshua he couldn't impart he Moses could not impart that face to face encounter with God Joshua had to have his own encounter but it meant staying connected it meant staying connected to the priesthood and staying connected to to the spiritual structure that that God had established during the reign and leadership of Moses that's why what happens sometimes this can happen i want i want you to hear me because 
How many of you are not from this church? You go to another church. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. So a few of you. See, I love this church. <laughs> I love your pastor. I love your pastor's wife. I love kids. I love, I love Pastor Rich. I love his wife. And we love this spiritual family. But sometimes when you're in a church like this, you go, wow. It's easy for me to compare what's happening here because I don't see that happening over there. Are you hearing me? And then, and then I begin to compare, oh, they're better, they're this, and I get into this competition mode. You know what I mean? And then I stop serving in my local body <laughs> because now I, I, I've come to the school of supernatural ministry and I've learned so much. I've gained so much knowledge about the spiritual things. And, and now, but see, that's not what this is for. I want to get in our partition. Come on. So, uh, so I can impart what God has given me to somebody else. Come on. Now, at that moment, Joshua was told to do that. That was the very instructions. There's a lot of verses. I'm not going to go into that. But that's exactly what God had told Moses to tell Joshua. When you need guidance, when you need, when you need a word, when you need to make a major decision militarily or governmentally, you are to go to the priest. Well, you know, where was the one mistake that Joshua made in his leadership? The number one mistake Joshua made in his leadership, he only made one, but it was a big one. And now listen to this. It was the Gibeonites, Joshua 9. Turn there. Joshua 9. I want you to see this. We'll start in verse 3. Listen to what it says. However, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I, they resorted to a ruse. Everybody say a ruse. Who can tell me what a ruse means? Uh, oh, very good. They, in their fear of their life, they leaned over to deception. Right? How many know that those two, those two behaviors are alive and well? Come on. Fear and deception. Right? Or alive and well. And why is fear and deception alive and well? Because they believe that the fear and the deception is going to protect them. Are you hearing me? It becomes a form of protection. Now, notice what they do. It says this because they, they resorted to a ruse. They went and delegated, they went as a delegation, excuse me, whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks and old wineskins. Does that sound familiar? Old wineskins, cracked and mended. So, in other words, this is what they do. They, they actually pretend, they're pretending that they have journeyed a long ways because they want to paint a narrative. 
They actually want Joshua and Israel to feel sorry for them because they want to make a treaty with the Israelites in order for self-preservation and protection. Come on, people do all kinds of things for protection. They'll resort to lying for protection. They'll resort to, to cheating for, in order to protect him, but it doesn't work that way in the kingdom. Come on. And at that moment, here's what they did. They, they, put, they, they put worn and patched sandals on their feet, wore old clothes, all the bread of their food was, supply was dry and moldy. Then, uh, then they went to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal and said to him, Israelites, we have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. So the Israelites said to the Hivites, perhaps they live nearer. That was their first impression. So, so how can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua said, who are you and where do you come from? They said, your servants come from a distant country. Because of the fame of the Lord your God, for we have heard reports of him that all he did in Egypt and all he did to the two kings, the Amorites of Jordan, Sinon of Heshbon, Og of Bashan, who reigned in Ashroth, and all the elders, those living in our country said, take provisions for your journey, go and meet them with your servants and make a treaty with us. This bread of our, ours was warm, was warm when we packed it. And at home on the day we left to come to you, but now how dry and moldy it is. And these wineskins were filled with new, but new cracked as they are. Our clothes and our sandals are worn out by this very long journey. Notice the story. And normally I don't read that much, but I need to make your eyes because I want to tell you something. People who have don't, no discernment, here's exactly what will happen. What they see becomes their narrative. What their eyes see in the natural is what they believe. Come on. That is why it's imperative that you and I have spiritual eyes. I want you to do this year. I want spiritual eyes. Because so that you can see not what, not what is happening in the natural is really the truth. Come on. That it could be all a ploy to draw you into its vacuum so that you get sucked in and doing something or saying something that you wish you never said or did. So that is exactly what, but this hit me like a ton of bricks, Pastor Rich. It says, because well, this, already established moldy bread. <laughs> Verse 14, the Israelites sampled provisions. Say sampled. sampled. The, their provisions. Can I tell you? I do not want to sample the world's provision. I don't want to get, I don't want to be in school and then go home and sample what the world has. 
Because that is, what that is going to do is that's going to undo everything I've learned. I don't want the samples of the world. I want the presence of God. But what would make them sample? Well, I want to see that you're telling me the truth. So what I'll do is I'll take this in and as I sample it, then I will discern that this, you really did come from a distance. But church, this is what I know. This is what I know. How many know that God said, taste and see that the Lord is good? He didn't say taste of the world and see how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, right. or, you know, he never said that. He said, uh, he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so, right. So why in the world would God's people want to sample the provision of the Gibeonites? Come on. And see, that is why we have to create a culture. Because we're going to get people coming in, people that we have to impart the Spirit of God. And they've been living off the samples of the world. Wanting to know how, how, why they're not truth for what it is. It's because of their diet. It is their constant diet. And I can tell you this right now. Everybody say the word foreboding. You know, I, you know ever, that's thinking the worst of things. See, I don't have to, for, see, I, I, I notice this. The more I sample Fox News, the more angry I get. Come on. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The more, the more I just stir the spirit of anger, you know, like how could people do this? And the more I sample CNN, the more, the more I, the more, the, 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 the more, the, the, the more I get angry even more. So, so here's what happens. Millions of people get these samples every day. And they're wondering why they don't have any discernment, come on, about what's right and what's wrong. They, were, they can't even make a, a conscious decision about doing something right. And, and so they, ha they have to go somewhere. Well, did God say this to God? Why? They can't discern the voice of God because they haven't lived from the bread of heaven. They lived off the samples of the Gibeonites. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to tell you something. Something's going to happen this weekend here at Valley. I know I'm speaking in the school, but I'm going to tell you some people that have been, uh, been sampling the food of the Gibeonites, their diet's getting ready to change. They're, they're going on a different food chain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But this has hit me, Miliana. The Israelites sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. That verse ought to be on your checklist. <laughs> Did not inquire of the Lord. All Joshua had to do was go to Eleazar the priest and ask, is what the Gibeonites saying to us true or not? But what happened? It was easier. It was easier to eat the samples of the Gibeonites than it was to inquire of the Lord. 
that became easier because the Gibeonites are standing in front of me with their big story. But the priest is in the temple. The word of the Lord is there. So it's easier for me to believe the word of the Gibeonites. Oh, come on. Because it is what I'm facing, right? It's the one, it's the voice that I'm, it's in front of me most of the time. It requires not to seek and search. It just requires me to accept. It requires me to just comply. Come on. Something that, that I, I've learned, learned something. The Lord spoke to me. Information is connected to counsel. Come on. And, and I learned something that, that if I want a greater impartation, I got to be willing to press in and listen to more counsel. Because yeah. what Melian said in, in Jeremiah 23, 22, it says, he's talking about the false prophets. Had you stood in the counsel of the Lord? Had you stood in the counsel? Not in the counsel of the Gibeonites. Come on. Because the Gibeonites were giving you, you know, Meliana mentioned this, that my daughter-in-law, I picked her up, you know, to help me prophesy and, and, uh, down in Nashville. And, and she gets off work. She's in her scrub. She works for me part-time. And she works for, she works for uh, the clinic part-time. And she's telling us on the way there that, that she works three days a week, 12 hours a day, one, per, one young lady after the other, counseling him, traumatized by the lockdown. 12 hours a day, three days a week, like clockwork. Why? Because they've been sampling the Gibeonites instead of listening to the counsel of the Lord. You hearing what I'm saying? Praise God that God has my, my daughter-in-law, a Christian woman who loves Jesus with all her heart, counseling them. Come on. But that's not always the case. But I can tell you this right now. Had he inquired of God, had he inquired of God, Joshua wouldn't be brought in, wouldn't have been deceived because they found out later that these everything that Gibeon and I said was a already made a treaty. They already made a contract with the Gibeonites. Church, don't wait for you. What, this is what people do. There's people that they, 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 they get twisted in relationships. Are you hearing me? They find relationships because they're lonely. Or they feel like, you know what? I'm, I'm 30 years old. I should be married by now. Come on. Or whatever. And, and, and because of culture says you need to be married. Come on. But what did God say? What did God say? The culture says, you know, nobody will want you if you don't get married at 30, past 30. Why do we believe that? Because the giving, the giving account is very, very loud. Why you're here in this school. Because what God is going to do with many of you is many of you are going to under, have the right counsel of the Lord standing in his presence to give people the right word when they need it the most. Yeah. Come on, give God a praise right now. Because, because I realize this, prophetic ministry isn't just talking about your, it isn't just foretelling. 
It's the counsel of the Lord. It's the counsel of the Lord. Had you stood in my counsel, I would have given you a word to turn my people towards my face. <laughs> turn away, turn away from the give me to the counsel of God. Now, I don't know about you. How many want the counsel of God? How many want the counsel of God? You know, other night I was in service, and um, a couple—they were at the altar—and I walked up to a couple. They're holding a little baby, and I walked up to, started to pray and prophesy over the little, little, little baby. And I prophesied. This is what I prophesied. And I remember it because we heard the testimony. It was so many prophesied. Is super working, and what's going to happen is he will never, never have an immune deficiency again. That was the word. Basically, there was other words, but that's what I can remember. Because I heard the testimony after. Well, the mother falls down, literally on the floor, weeping. The whole church is weeping. And then when she finally gets herself back together emotionally, I call that she came unglued. <laughs> and she gets herself, and she said, just a few minutes ago before you gave the altar call, he had an attack in the bathroom where his, where his immune system got, got compromised. He had an attack, and he's having an allergic reaction to something I gave him. Well, guess what? The next night, she came back and testified that he hasn't had an allergic reaction since that point. Why? The counsel of God. The counsel of God, ladies and gentlemen. The counsel of God from an eight-year-old. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The counsel of God. Why? Because he was sitting around the counsel of the Lord. Come on. And his, gra and his grandma is counseling him for 12 days straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? On the book of Proverbs. Come on. And so, and then when he's standing in front of people with his little mic on, his little jacket on, he prophesies the counsel of the Lord to it. And he, this is what he told me afterward. He said, Grandpa, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to prophesy over all the five-year-olds. <laughs> now, 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 why? Because it's the counsel of the Lord. How many want the counsel of the Lord? Because I can tell you this. In my own life. What got me into trouble was not heeding the counsel of the Lord. It was listening to the counsel of the Gibeonites. All Joshua had to do was no, no, I, 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 we're, 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 I mean, first of all, I mean, what's it like eating moldy bread? 
<laughs> I mean, why would you even sample that? I mean, it's, it's stale, it's hard, it's moldy or whatever. You know, I mean, imagine what it was like, you know. Let's take a sample in order to prove that, you know. Let's try it. It's like saying, you know what, let me, let me, let me try if, 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 uh, if cocaine is bad. That's really it, you know. Yeah, that's the silliness of it. But see, what happens to the mind is we feel like we got to try something God does never want us to taste. Oh, come on. Why do I want to even taste that when I can come to school on Thursday night and get fed from bread of heaven? That I can read material that's going to change the rest of the course of my life. That I can get the instruction of the Lord so I can get an impartation so I can carry to the next generation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on and give God a shout of praise right now. Now, I don't know about you, but I shared this story that said, how many know we need to be connected to each other? Without connection... There's deception. With connection, there's because that connection the right counsel. Because I will tell you this, I really wanted Meliana. This is something funny. I really wanted Meliana to go on that little plane with me. You know. Because it only has four seats, you know, that's including the pilot. <laughs> so all you can have is three passengers. And she said, no, I'm going to fly commercial. <laughs> okay? And, and plus uh, the timing and the, we were both busy and everything like that. She had to get home real quick and things to get things done. And, 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 and so... I got on the plane, and, and, and then, uh, you know, I told her about what time we, we'd get here, and she, I'd sent pictures and everything to her on the way and throughout the day, and, um, and, and, then, and then when, I, when I, I landed, I told her she landed, praise God, I'm so thankful you got there, so I got home, and I brought the pastor and our friend who's a pilot with back to the house, and, 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 and I, told, I told them, I said, you know what, Leona wants to fly next time with you guys, because found out today that her husband made it. <laughs> yeah. Because he grabbed the microphone, so yeah, I'll grab yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is what happened. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yes, that was part of it. But what happened, we were all ready to go on this uh, private plane to uh, go home. But then when I found out that was only three seed, all I can remember, it brought back to me a, a, a past memory. Because in Hawaii, in order for you to fly to all the little islands, you have to fly this little plane. And I remember we were up on the plane to one time. Well, that was years time. ago. Yeah, we have to go to Lanai. A minister over there. That was years ago, over 20 years ago. And we both got on the plane. I think it was just two of us and yeah. the pilot. As we sat down, the pilot closed the door. And guess what? I saw him use a bailing wire to tighten the door. <laughs> I got so scared from it. I got so scared from it. And then not only that, 
in there in Hawaii, you the most you can stay up on the air, the flying back and forth between island, like 15, 20 minutes. And then in my mind, I was I was picturing it, three seater, and I'm gonna be on 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 above the air for three hours. <laughs> I don't think I can handle that. It's so hard. <laughs> Look at what I did. I privately went and booked me a commercial flight. <laughs> Then I told him, and the pastor and the pastor decided, oh, I'll, I'll hop on the plane and go with you guys. But why was I afraid? Because I feast on an old, stale bread. Oh. On a past experience. Yes. Right? Yes. Here we were. I mean, all ready to go. I don't have to deal with masks, you know? to deal with any of those, but because I was all, I was feasting on what happened in the past, right. instead of God, you direct my steps. I will always be in the right place, in the right time. Yes. You send this pilot, because you know how base, I mean, preaching without stop, that will help me, you know, to quicker and rest. And he can turn around, fly us back also to where we're supposed to be. But again, why? But I was feasting on the old stale bread. And guess what? All the fear, worry, anxieties, I mean, barred in my mind. And guess what? I wouldn't spend money, you know? <laughs> it cost me to go on a commercial flight last minute instead of in that plane. But guess what? God, um, God blessed me. He said, Meliana, next time you need to get on that plane. I said, yes, I will. <laughs> I will definitely will. Yeah. But anyway, praise that, God. That's so good because it's really interesting. I love what you said, honey, because there is a tendency to feast on the bread of Gib the Gibeonites. Yes. Because that's what's available. Mm -hmm. Because God was trying to bring you into a new experience. A new experience, yes. And sometimes that new experience, because of your old experience, yeah. you can't even be brought to something new because of what happened mm -hmm. in the past. Right. And you miss what God wants to do. Right. Because sometimes the thing is, some people make decisions not based on the counsel of God, but based on their past experience. Well, past experience said they journeyed a long way. <laughs> past experience said, look at their clothes, look at their donkeys, look at their provisions, look at, look at all that I see. That past experience told me that they came from a long ways. Because I can miss the will of God for today, for right now. Living through the lens of my past. Right. Living the day when God wants to give me fresh counsel of the Lord for right now. Lift your hands toward Jesus all over the house. Father, we love you. Father, we honor you. We thank you for each one that is here tonight. I thank you for your love and your mercy and what you are doing right now in our midst. And what you're doing with each and every person within the sound of my voice.
I thank you for what you're going to do right now in these next few moments as ministry goes forth. It has gone forth from the song. It has gone forth from the testimony. It has gone forth from the preaching. And now it's going to go through the gift of prophecy. Father, I ask you even tonight that there would be an impartation on every single person within the sound of my voice. I thank you right now that the spirit of prophecy would rest. Not so we could tell people their past or just predict their future but so that we could give them the counsel of your heart for right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth amen and amen give God a shout of praise right now I want to ask you something tonight how many believe in impartation come on how many believe in impartation how many believe that impartation and counsel together gives us the immunity from deception. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? The anointing of God released on our life, the counsel of God coming to our life so that we don't walk in deception. Because I look, you know, here's Joshua who saw God, God crush the walls of Jericho. Come on, with a shout, right? And a couple chapters later, he can't discern the Gibeonites, which means they, by listening to the counsel of the Lord in Jericho, come on, the walls come down, right? But by not inquiring of the Lord, they get brought into a place of deception that they can't get out of. And I think what happens is that when we have a great victory, we don't put our guard down. Come on, we don't put our guard down. After a great victory, even a great prophecy, a great meeting, or a, a great gathering, we don't put our guard down. So that I don't get trapped, trapped by the samples of the Gibeonites. Come on. That I continue, God, I need fresh bread. I need bread for today. I need bread for right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want everyone to stand. I want everyone to stand right now all over the room. I want you to put your hand on your heart right now. I want you to say this. Jesus, Jesus. here I stand. Tonight, I did not hear a sermon. I heard an invitation. Lord, I thank you for impartation and I thank you for counsel. And I thank you for what you're going to do. And right now, I choose not to eat the bread of the Gibeonites. I choose to eat the bread of heaven. Lord God, I'm connected. I'm interconnected. Help me to seek out the counsel of the Lord when making major decisions in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the prophetic for it teaches me, it instructs me, and it counsels me in the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands and thank him right now. Lift your hands and thank him all over this room. Father, we love you. We honor you. We glorify your wonderful name. We thank you for each family, each person in Jesus' name. 
You may be seated. Can I, can I tell you something? I don't know. Sometimes we, we, we can come to church and we can hear the word and we can go to school and learn all the things that we think, we still think about the sting of death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Who wrote that? Paul, right? Which means, which means you can't do anything to me. Death, you can't sting me. Because I've already been marked by Jesus. I've already been called by God. That means OCDC, where is your sting? <laughs> or political spirit, where is your sting? Oh, COVID-19, where is your sting? Where is your sting? Because guess what? You don't have preeminence over my future. God does. I'm in the hands of God. And see, we got people in church afraid of the sting of death. They're afraid of the sting of anything. A bee sting. <laughs> A mosquito sting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know what? Millie and Anna and I would not be traveling right now if we were afraid of everything. See, Emiliana, you know why? Why people get afraid of everything? The bread of the Gibeonites. Come on. You're the bread of the Gibeonites. What they, they sample the bread of the Gibeonites. I'm afraid now. I'm afraid now. I have made up my mind. I am not sampling anything you have to offer me. I can go to the council of the Lord, get an impartation, and God can lead me. I can come to Valley Church tomorrow night <laughs> at 7 a.m. Come on, because you do not want to miss the word tomorrow night. Yeah, you do not want to miss the word tonight. 7 p.m. Did I say 7 a.m.? I forgot what time. Yeah, well, I forgot what time zone I was. <laughs> That's what happens when you're in 12 days of meetings. Come on. <laughs> and I, I have to tell you, you know, we, 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 we normally fly southwest. We couldn't fly southwest today. And, and the leg from, you know, Florida to Dallas was cool. That was good. But the leg from Dallas to um, Boise, put it this way, that little four-seater was a lot more comfortable. <laughs> and the landing was more comfortable and everything. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it really was. I won't tell you what, I don't, I won't tell you what airline it was, so, because I don't want to do that, but praise Jesus, but I, American. Oh, <laughs> 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 you're, you're hilarious. <laughs> well, you know. I gotta say this. <laughs> you know, because I hated, they let, they fill every seat. Here, what are they talking about? Social distancing? Yeah. But here, you can't, you're squeezed like this with people. 
It was sold. I mean, every seat was full. But we fly Southwest all the time. With Southwest, the middle seat is open. No one is sit on the middle seat. (laughs) Because they let me fly free. Your son flies with Southwest. Oh, right. Yeah, I have to say so. I love Southwest because of since the COVID, you know, they they make sure that there is nobody sit next to you mm-hmm. unless if you're family members. But even then they make sure that the the middle seat, no one is sit, sitting there. So this morning I was, oh my gosh, was sitting close to air with everybody because they want to make sure that they got every seat uh, sold. But I am, uh, I mean. Yeah, but you know what? I, we, I could have called my friend Barry. He could have flown, a, flown us. <laughs> we could have flown us right to Caldwell. Landed right at Caldwell and Pastor Lincoln could pick us up, you know, right there. <laughs> we didn't think. Come on. Next time. Hold your hands out like this. I'll, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to turn the service over to Pastor Rich. Father, we love your people but you love them more. I love each and every one of them, and this is the first night of this weekend. And by the grace of God, they'll all be ministered to, and I, even those that were not ministered to individually, I know that they were ministered to by the word. I know that. that Father, we, we understand we need each other. We need your counsel. And Father, I pray for an impartation on every single person, that even tonight, you would come and visit them. You would visit them. You would visit them on the way home. You would visit them when they're eating dinner, when, when they're fellowshipping. You would just display your goodness to each and every one of them because, Lord, just embrace Because, Because, Lord Jesus, you, we are your beloved and your desire is towards us. But we have to do things as you instructed. We want to follow your instructions, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord has a sense of humor. Counsel and impartation. That's what VSSM is all about. And we want a lot more counsel and impartation. I so appreciate John and Meliana. I've worked with a lot of pastors and great leaders, spiritual leaders in this nation, but I've never met anybody who can unpack the word like this man unpacks the word. Amen. So, Lord, I pray right now for an impartation upon all of our VSSM students. Lord, that the spirit of ability to see the word and impart the word and to unpack the word, Lord, pour that out upon our students, I pray. Lord, just pour it out upon our students. Praise God. So we're going to see more impartations tomorrow. Saturday morning, VSSM students, be here for more impartation and counsel. And the message you heard tonight was a classic. Is there any way we can put that message on our website? Can we put that up on our website, Valley website, the audio portion of that? I think we really need to look at that because that was such a powerful, powerful message. But I got to tell you one thing, and then we'll dismiss. The Lord has a sense of humor. Well, 
while John was up here imparting, he made a statement, God doesn't look at resumes. And I thought, who does he look at? Who does he look at? He looks at fruit. Yes. And the moment I thought that, do you, do you, have you ever seen uh, the Fruit of the Loom Man? <laughs> I looked up here and I saw John Harkey as the Fruit of the Loom Man. It's like there was, there was fruit everywhere around his body and on his head. And, and I heard the Lord say, be here tomorrow night because that fruit is going to be imparted, be imparted, be imparted, be imparted. Be imparted. Yes. Do you want some fruit in your life? Yes. You want more impartation? Yes. You want the more? Yes. Okay, praise God. Be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock and bring a friend. And if you want to come at 7 a.m. in the morning, let us know so we can open the church so you can pray <laughs> all day. So, praise God. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Do we love the Harkeys? Do we want the more? Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Renee, come up here and dismiss us in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I just think one thing I took back there because I wanted healing in my body too. And I felt the power of God hit everyone. So you might check yourself if you're having pain in your body. And I was back there just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, you know, it's in the atmosphere. Catch it if you can. <laughs> Lord, we just love you so much, Jesus. We're just so thankful, God, for everything that happened tonight, Lord. We're so thankful that the Harkies are here. We just bless them the whole time they're here just with surprises from heaven, God, things that have never happened to their ministry before. And I bless every person that's going to VSSM and anybody that's just thinking about it. We just bless you with dreams tonight. We thank you, God, for visitations from heaven, Lord, that you would give us uh, wisdom. You would fill our hearts with love for people. And I just thank you, God, that we have the privilege of living in the United States of America and that we are able to meet in this place tonight, Jesus. We don't take it for granted, Jesus. And I bless, Lord, all of the people that are driving home that they'll stay awake. In Jesus' name, amen.